the holiday hustle and your nervous system, how to regulate it and stay well. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're gonna talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. It's so good to have you here today. As we head into the holidays, I want to continue the conversation from last week on the nervous system and how we improve our nervous system response. We all know the holidays are wonderful and difficult. Time with family, wonderful and difficult. So how can we be sure that we're staying in a good, healthy place? Sometimes knowing how our bodies respond to emotional issues, that's what we need to work on. I do pray that you can actually enjoy this season. Take time to relax, get into the word of God, appreciate what the season is all about. But I thought it would be helpful to take a deeper look at how our nervous system actually works and how we can use that knowledge to stay in balance throughout the holidays. We all have an autonomic nervous system or ANS. It's responsible for controlling many of our body's involuntary processes like heart rate, digestion, breathing, metabolism. Today, my guest is Kimber Malden. She's a certified nutrition consultant, integrative health coach, and a self-professed health science enthusiast. We're going to explore the fascinating world of hair tissue analysis, uncovering the secrets that it holds about our bodies and stress responses. Kimber, drawing on her background as a recovered bulimic and her experience with chronic illness, she's going to shed light on mineral ratios, metabolism, and the intricate dance between our nervous system and overall health. We're also going to talk about understanding that stress response and the importance of down-regulating and creating a safe space within our bodies. Check out today's show notes. You're going to find some really valuable resources there and also a link to leave me a voice message or ask a question, which I'm going to start answering right here on the podcast in the coming weeks. And be sure you sign up for my new newsletter where I'm making some announcements very soon. So let's get started today with Kimber Malden. Hi, Kimber. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So let's start with just how busy we all are. We live in this like rush, rush, rush world. And as women, especially we, we take everything on and then we wonder why we don't feel well. And I mean, physically and mentally. So let's get your tips on dealing with that in a busy, busy culture. Mm -hmm. Mm. There's like so much, there's so many different um, directions I could take this. Um, I think it's important for us as women, and I know this, you know, this can be somewhat controversial in this day and age to like understand our differences between biological, emotional, spiritual differences between men and women. Um, because I do think that we have progressed as a sex very quickly in a culture that was, you know, economically, intellectually um, d designed for men in a lot of ways. And so in order for us to be successful, to be our own people, to have our own sense of power and economic freedom and all that, we've had to take on a lot. And we're yeah. doing all of that. Statistically, we're doing all of that while still having children and doing all this house, you know, the home aspects of, of life and, and family. Mm -hmm. And so um, first of all, just understanding that, like recognizing that and acknowledging that is a 
important first step because I think a lot of us burn ourselves out. We develop chronic illness. We age ourselves. We lose our sex drive or like our desire to be intimate in that way. And then we wonder why and we feel bad about ourselves. Like it's something that we did instead of acknowledging that it's actually a cultural issue. Yeah, I agree. And so much of what you focus on, and I love how you mix these things because our nervous system, of course, um, I've talked about that here on this podcast, how we have to be in tune with that. But nutrition and our health plays a part in that. It all works together. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things I started to notice pretty quickly when, when um, you know, working specifically with women is that women do have these very sensitive systems um, because of our unique biology and reproductive functions that's tied in with our stress response, um, our metabolism and our nervous system. And, and this is true for all humans, but especially I think much more so for women, they, inter they intertwine a lot, the metabolism and the nervous system. So things that we would do to support our metabolism, such as nourishment, balancing blood sugar, lowering inflammation, um, that's going to tie in with our stress response, how we're managing our stress, um, how we are feeling, like the felt sense of our experience on the day-to-day. -day. And using food to regulate is a really important, I think, and crucial step in taking care of ourselves as women. You know, that's interesting because when I get stressed, I'm sure I'm just like most most people, not just women, but you go, I go, I'm going to speak about myself here. I go straight for salty chips, dark chocolate, maybe dark chocolate's not as bad, but you go for this thing that's going to give you that immediate gratification. Um, but health wise, and I imagine from our nervous system is not that that's not helping those things. Am I right? What should I be going for? Well, I mean, obviously we don't want like food to be our only tool. And I think that's, I discussed this last week um, on a nervous system podcast about how when we have a lack of resources to regulate ourselves and care for ourselves, when we don't have that emotional support, we don't have safety in our bodies, we will turn to food and food mm. can become that thing that we, you know, will binge on or restrict or whatever. Um, but you can actually learn a lot about your system's needs based on your cravings and the things that you go to when you're stressed. So like you just listed off two things that like, salty chips, for instance, let's just, and again, like, I'm not saying that the actual foods we go to are like, we could find a healthier version of that. Um, cause you know, the industrial culture we live in really hijacks and takes advantage of these stress responses. Um, but salty chips, you're getting sodium, which is one of the most important minerals for regulating adrenal function. And mm. I mean, you know, when I look at women's mineral tests, I look at their sodium and potassium ratio to see how their adrenals are doing. Um, or their sodium magnesium ratio. And so um, you're going towards salty food for a reason. You're going towards carbs for a reason because we burn through glucose faster when we're stressed. So anytime that you're experiencing any level of stress, you're going to, your body, your brain is going to send, send a signal to you that you need more fuel in the form of glucose. And chips are a carb, you know, their potatoes is a pretty great source of carbs. And so, yeah. and then as far as chocolate, like there, you know, there's different, compounds in chocolate like theobromine and um, supposedly it does have some kind of calming aphrodisiac effect but I just look at the minerals and the fat content like the you know it's a high high calorie food which to the brain is like oh fuel like anything that's going to be like rich rich and satiating is going to send a signal to the brain this is going to give me energy 
And then the fact that it's filled with copper and magnesium is one of the best, actually one of the best dietary sources of copper and magnesium. So, so maybe it's not so bad that these are the things I'm craving that I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe I really, I, first of all, I know I have low sodium levels. And uh, so that's probably something I'm craving for that reason. Yeah. But our, our cravings, do we give in to them and go, no, you know what? I actually do need that. Become more aware of those things. Yeah. And I, and again, I think it's important that we understand them and that we cater to them in maybe a healthier way. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like I, I, I used to suffer from this like chocolate, chocolate addiction phenomenon that I've had several clients who have a similar experience where it's like a literal, I have to have chocolate. Now I will go out of my way to get chocolate and then I consume too much of it. Right. And then it like disrupts sleep or gives me a stomach ache or whatever. Um, once I started really focusing on nourishment and getting my minerals and my fat soluble vitamins up, it just went away, like just mm. completely went away. It's And it's not that like I don't enjoy chocolate when I have it. I very rarely buy it because it takes me so long to finish a bar and I just don't think about it. Um, so the point there is that like we have nutritional needs that are often not met as modern humans mm -hmm. and we have stress levels that are often not regulated. We don't even realize that's what's going on. When you're stressed, you burn through your nutrients faster. So you're going to need more glucose, more protein, more fat, more nutrients when you have a higher stress lifestyle. So if you're a busy woman, you need to be eating more and you need to be getting more of your yeah, nutrients. In. Yeah. You just yeah. said when you, um, if I can recreate what you said a, a minute or two ago, when you focused on your nutrition, you didn't crave the chocolate as much. What did that look like? And how do you, how do you help people regulate that? Yeah. Um, I think one thing is making sure you're getting all three macros in and eating consistently. So there's like a lot of unhelpful dietary suggestions, you know, online and in the world these, oh, day, yeah. these days. All over and, the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, like a lot of them, if they do have data backing them up as being helpful, such as fasting, time-restricted eating, um, they're usually supportive for men and non-cycling women because mm. they actually increase stress and lower sex hormones. So. One of the things I work with women around is just getting them to eat more often. Um, and, you know, because so many of us are stressed and burn through our glucose stores, a lot of us don't do well when we go too long without eating. The body picks up the slack by producing more stress hormones mm -hmm. to give us energy. So getting women habituated to eating more often, getting them to eating all three macros, so protein, carbs, and fat with every meal and snack, um, to the point where their hunger signals start to come back online which are often suppressed by stress hormones. And then they can start to, you know, maybe eat, go from eating every three hours to every five hours. They can actually have a little bit more freedom in that. Um, but for a lot of the women that I work with, and this is, you know, reflects my long-term patterns as well. Like they have to be eating more consistently, especially when they're stressed because they burn through the resources faster. Yeah. So you um, have focused on nutrition for a long time. You've started to build in the somatic side of this and your nervous system, which I find so fascinating and, and something that I've talked about here a few times in episodes of the podcast, but it's not as um, common for people to be um, in tune with their nervous system. So explain how you went from nutrition to nervous system coaching and, and how that all works together. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I've gravitated towards professionally is stuff that I have struggled with or needed to work on personally. Um, so the nervous system is definitely one of those things where I have, you know, some complex trauma in my background and just like a 
I've always been in a flight state, you could say, um, always on the move. Um, and so I think starting to recognize that as my business grew, especially like I grew my business mm -hmm. fairly quickly and my nervous system kind of crashed. It was like, this is too much demand, too much work. This is what happens to a lot of people though. Like it yeah. happens to you for a reason to help people, but a lot of yeah. people find themselves in that. And I did too, years in television news, like just crash. Mm. I mean, my nervous system was out of whack completely. Um, but for a lot of people, we crash and then we don't know why. Totally. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we have to get to the place where we crash first before we actually start to recognize that this is yeah. like a real legitimate need, um, yeah. something that we need to prioritize. And so yeah. our, our nervous system is like our uh, operating system. It controls everything and it regulates how our body, how our you know felt sense, our biology, how that handles mm -hmm. the things we take on in life. So it really is this really crucial system that we want to understand and start to recognize in ourselves. Everyone has one. And like one of my, you know, nervous system teachers recently, you know, something that she said is like every person you're interacting with, you're interacting with their nervous system. Mm. So the ways that they behave, their personality, the ways they show up, uh, that's regulated by the stress response and the patterns they've had running for a really long time. Mm. So yeah. what, what I started to nervous notice working with women, um, because I run hair tissue mineral analysis on all of my uh, all my clients and like, I can work with any lab and I find labs to be useful when we, you know, keep them in their place. But like, I, I have found that the hair tissue test to be the most cost-effective comprehensive lab because it shows you, especially the company I work with, it shows you how your nervous system and your metabolism what work does together. What look like? What is the hair tissue? What are you looking at in that? Are they samples? And, yeah. So you take yeah. a sample of your hair and you send it in and they'll look at, because you take it from the root and okay. you're looking at what's leaving the cell because okay. that's what's coming out the hair is what's leaving the cell. Mm -hmm. And because our entire metabolism works on minerals, run, relies on minerals for enzyme production, hormone production. I mean, they really do play crucial roles in mm -hmm. every aspect of our health. So you can see through looking at mineral ratios, the quickness or the rate at which minerals are leaving the body mineral levels, you can tell uh, how your stress response, your thyroid, your adrenals, uh, di even digestion, like it tells you quite a lot about what's going on inside your body. And wow. yeah. And so um, it, it, I started to see this pattern over and over and over again of down-regulated women or really like, so women that have metabolisms that are, that are so stressed and so sympathetic dominant, which I would have put myself in that category, um, that they're really low in all resources, like they're flatlining, but their, their, their foot is still on the gas pedal. So wow. they, they, they've yep. never really downregulated enough to actually slow things down and allow the system to, to calm down and stop burning through the resources so fast. What does that look like? Like, so when you say to, to calm down to all of that, is that like, a day off of work? Is that a Usually year not. of changing things? <laughs> like what, what does, how do you do that? Yeah. So, yeah. So one thing that I have come to realize with myself and then, you know, seen in so many clients is that you actually do have to understand your nervous system. Um, and because if you don't, you'll take your, those patterns with you everywhere. Mm -hmm. You'll go on vacation mm -hmm. and you'll take that upregulated state. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, understanding the things that you can do, like and we can, you know, talk about the trainings that I have around this, but understanding the things that you can do, because it's not a matter of will. And it's also not a matter of just understanding intellectually. This is where the somatics comes in. You actually have to spend time dropping into your body 
and creating a safe space within your body, like allowing your body to feel safe to actually calm down. Because what tends to happen is when we're upregulated too much of the time, we're consistently sending a message to our brain that we're not safe. Mm. So then our bodies become an unsafe place to be. So we spend less time in them. So we don't actually know what's going on. 100%. This is so, I think a lot of people will hear this and go, oh, that's me all the time. But what I still don't understand is how do you get there? Is that yoga every day? Is that quitting the job that's really stressful? Like, how do you get in that? What did you call it? Unregulated or d- 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 oh, 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 downregulated. The downregulated yeah. state. How do you know when you're there and how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. So to go back to the hair tissue test, um, one thing that I really love about the company I work with is they can actually tell whether you're, you have a fast metabolism or a slow metabolism mm-hmm. based on your mineral ratios. So what I tend to see a lot is a really fast metabolism, which is like flatlining that over stress state or a slow metabolism where the metabolism has actually already slowed itself down regardless of you because you've, you've run low in certain resources. It's like a stress response to go into a slow, low protective state. And what I've started to see is about 80% of the population is slow and low. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. It's the biggest percentage of people that I work with are slow and low. And so that means their adrenals are slow. Their thyroid's slow. Their blood sugar tends to be low. Their energy's low. Digestion is slow. As a result of that, you get all of these symptoms, right? Because your energy's low, and you're you're not your body's not able to produce the energy to match the demands of your life. Yeah. So, yeah. in order to move out of that, you have to one focus on your nourishment because you're absolutely going to need a lot of resources, biological resources, in order to, you know, build up your system, and then find things that you can do. And this is so personal, you know, like I can't go to any client and say, quit your job, like leave that relationship. Like you have to really work with someone where they're at, but like finding things that you can do every single day that can tell your brain you're safe. So I do this with food. I do this with attachment and relationship support. And I do this with nervous system practices through, you know, something that I was trained in called neurosomatic intelligence, which is working with the nervous system using neuro drills. So applied neurology, as well as just like lifestyle and behavior choices to remove, lower that threat, sense of threat that's being sent to the brain so that women's systems can calm down. Wow. This is really big stuff because we get caught in this hamster wheel of of moving fast, doing fast. And um, boy, I did that for years in the the news business. You know, I thrive. Mm. I still do. I thrive on deadlines and make it happen fast. And, you know, Mm. I can get something done if you give me a deadline, but if I've got all the time, I can't get anything done. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that feeds, but then that's that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. That's that, okay, I'm racing. Now I can get stuff done. So a lot of us, I know I do live in that and think we're successful in that. And then we wonder when we're not healthy yeah. um, where we get sick. Well, wait a minute. Why am I getting sick? I'm eating okay. But our nervous system is all out of whack. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I can relate. I was raised by a journalist. And oh, so okay. that, that energy <laughs> of like, even though I, you know, I didn't go that route myself, I, I got his nervous system basically. Oh. And so I totally have had to work a lot. I even have a tattoo on my back that says it's safe to rest oh. because I needed yeah. that like reminder of I need to learn how to rest. Yeah. I can't be in flight all the time. Right. Well, I recognized it and that was my yeah. life change. It was, I don't, nice. don't want to raise my kids in that. 
although much of their childhood, um, you know, I was home in the afternoon because I worked a morning show, but I was tired in the afternoon because I'd been up since two thirty three in the morning. Yeah. So you know, we have to decide, is this the, is this the culture I want to live in and raise my kids in? I made a very conscious decision to say, this isn't what I want. And I have to relearn and retrain my mm-hmm. brain. And a lot of us have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be hard to do that and make such a big change. Are you that person that worries every time you are asked to go on camera? Do you get asked to do an interview, maybe a Zoom call, and you don't know what to wear or what you'll say? As an Emmy award-winning news anchor, I watched thousands and thousands of people struggle with their on-camera persona and appearance. Because I'm asked so often to give tips on how to be on camera, I created a guide that you can buy for just $24.99. And it has everything you need to know from what to wear, what makeup to use. And this is for men and women. I want you to feel empowered and confident Every time you go on camera, find out more by clicking the link before you go on camera. It's in the show notes and it's on my website, natalietisdall.com. Let's talk a little bit more about what you mentioned in somatic um, work mm-hmm. and how we can become, I just did another podcast on this, but I, um, I want to hear about what this means to you and how it's becoming more common and how we can get more in touch with um, our nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think one thing to keep in, well, yeah, there's a few different things. One thing, have you heard of the term, maybe you talked about this with the other person you interviewed top down versus bottom up? No. Yeah. So top down is when you are going through your upper corticoid function. So you're using your cognitive faculties to thus affect the nervous system. So this would be like mindfulness meditation, talking therapy, um, anything where you're still up in your mind, basically mm-hmm. you're still in your head, mm-hmm. but you are affecting the way that your body is responding. Okay. Um, so this is a lot of, I would wager to say this is like the vast majority of our culture is we are top down people. Yeah. We, most yeah. of our work that we do is top down. Bottom up means that we're actually going directly through the nervous system, through the body to change the way the brain res- responds to the body. And so this is, we're doing this through breath work. We're doing this through just different embodiment practices, um, different movement practices that, you know, the neuro drills that I do. Um, and so this is sending consistent signals to the, bo- to the body or to the brain through the body that we're safe, mm-hmm. that we're, we can be embodied, that we can be here. Um, and then also recognizing that like a lot of us are disembodied in various ways from trauma, from stress patterns, from mm-hmm. lifestyle. Um, we just, we disconnect from certain parts of our body and we, we don't, you know, the brain isn't recognizing those parts of the body. It's not recognizing the signals from those parts of the body yeah. or it's recognizing them as, as a threat. It's yeah. getting, it's getting threat signals from some either inside the body or outside the body. That's increasing our threat response on a regular basis. We may not be aware of this. Yeah. So I think one thing is like not give, not telling people that they just need to embody, right? Like, oh, just go and meditate uh, mm-hmm. because people leave their bodies for a lot of reasons. And so they might not be in their body for a reason of safety. Like yeah. they might not feel safe in their body. So giving them tools that they can slowly, like in neurosomatics, we talk about minimum effective dose. Not just telling someone to drop into their body right away or to like do some somatic practice that's going to bring up a lot of stress for them if they haven't, you know, if they haven't actually created the safe environment for them to do so, just if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you do that though? How do you create the safe environment? Without, for someone who's listening, thinking, 
I think I, I, I need to experience this. I need to work on this. Can they do it on their own or do they have to work with someone to understand and, and get to that place? Yeah. You know, I don't like to say that you need someone else. Like that's not my place. Cause again, everyone's situation mm-hmm. is so unique. Their resources are unique. Um, what they're open to at any given time in their lives is, is, is very personal. I think it really helps to have someone else. And this is also where relationships come in. Like I actually went through an attachment coaching program and uh, NARM training, which stands for neuroeffective relational model. It's designed to work with complex trauma because mm-hmm. what I started to realize is that a lot of my clients can do very well with nutrition supplements. And then I find they're very lonely. Like they don't actually have supportive connection in their lives. They don't have a lot of like deep intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have attachment disruptions and disorders that they're not really addressing or even know how to. And so that's a big piece to this because it's going to be harder to drop down and embody if your nervous system, if you're isolated and you're carrying too much on your own. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's true, isn't it? With everything. It's like, you can figure some of this out, online courses, books, whatever, but having someone guide you is always going to be easier with, with, you know, working out or nutrition or anything. When you have someone really, you're going to get deeper, quicker. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And then also just acknowledging things that we often don't realize we need in this culture. Touch is a big one. Yeah. Like realizing realizing, like I need touch. If you're single, you still need touch. Like, and so I think a lot of people, you know, will have casual sex or will do things that they're actually trying to get their touch. They're trying to get their intimacy needs met, like just basic human needs for touch. They don't know how to get that in a non- sexual way. So they go to these, you know, behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that like acknowledging I need touch, I need friends that will hug me. I need to cuddle Mm -hmm. with my friend, you know, having actual like non-sexual outlets Mm -hmm. for touch is really important. And a lot of people do not have that. Boy, that that could be said for anything too. Like you you mentioned touch, but that could be said for nutrition. Like if you're not getting the right nutrition, you go for the bad things to try to fulfill. Like, I mean, we have these basic needs we need to understand. For her, wow. for sure. Yeah. So much good information. What other tips do you have for people who are just trying to get started in understanding um, their 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 nervous system and how their nutrition combines with that? But what advice, other advice would you give people? Mm. Um, yeah, I would say like look at the things that you can do in your life right now that can start to help you slow down. Because I think that's where we're gonna start to witness our patterns is us just intentionally slowing down. A lot of people want more to-do lists, like they want more things to do. But I actually, what I find is creating more space in your life, even just like in little increments throughout the day Mm. to experience pleasure, joy, connectedness, slowness, rest. That's going to give you the space to actually just be with yourself. Yeah. So you can start to witness those patterns because you will start to see them. Like if you slow down and, and take your nervous system more, you know, more seriously, you will start to see, oh, I can't slow down in these certain ways. My mind's racing or yeah. I'm always on, on my phone scrolling um, or you know, I'm always trying to seek out something that I can do so that I can feel productive mm. because I don't, you know, cause I don't feel good in my body. And that's the, the thing that I do to give myself a sense of worth and value is mm-hmm. I'm productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you almost have to schedule that slow down yeah. because there will always be a phone, a TV, yeah. a, you know, distractions. Yeah. And so Especially really once you have children. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's but to schedule that walk or yeah. that meditation or whatever it is. And it's hard when a million things are going on around you to stop and shut the world off and schedule that. But as yeah. you said, the benefits of that and really being in tune are immense. Yeah. Sure. And, and I think that like in this culture, there is so much, right? Like we live in a culture that encourages us to be non-essentialists. And mm -hmm. so we can focus on everything. We can give our focus away very quickly. Um, and I think taking on this concept of like essentialist in the sense of like, what is the most essential to me in my life? Mm -hmm. And how can I dial in on that and build skills to work in rituals around that? So like family, health, career, just like those three things. Like, okay, those are the three things that are going to be my things. Yeah. Um, and then you'll, you know, that way you can kind of start to weed out the things that are just distracting you from those things or that are like lowering your capacity to cater to those things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And the phone thing you mentioned, like the scrolling, that's a big one. Like I think a lot of us, you know, I've had clients that are like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time downregulating. I'm stressed. And I'm like, okay, so are you taking breaks throughout the day? Yes. What are you doing on those breaks? <laughs> scrolling on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so that's, I know if you're scrolling and it's not work-related, it's to you consciously, you're like, oh, I'm not stressing myself out because it's not work-related. It's just fun. But the truth is, is like, because we have these nervous systems that are designed to take in information. And if you give them information, we're going to respond accordingly. When you're looking at a screen, whether it's a phone or a laptop, you're actually activating the function of your ocular system that upregulates your brain. So you can't downregulate and calm down when you're scrolling on a screen, even if you're laying in bed in a like a you know relaxed state. Relaxing, you're not you, relaxing. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. yeah, it's like an actual physiological thing. It's not something yeah. you can consciously choose or not. So what I will have my clients do instead of scrolling is go outside and stare at the sky for 15 minutes. Yeah, because that actually triggers the different function of the ocular system that downregulates the brain. Boy, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Just like those little things like that actually like literally downregulates your system and tells your brain, oh, we're okay. Yeah. Things are and good. To have it at the screen far away from you. Yeah. In another room. Yeah. Because it's too tempting. I know yeah. myself. You'd get the ding, ding. And you, oh, who is that? I'm not going to think about the that. dopamine. Oh, but who is it? Yeah. Oh, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's, is it one of my kids? Is everything okay? And then all mm. these things go through your mind, you know, and they're fine. They know that if they need me, they can call two or three times and then I'll go to the phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, so much good information. Where can people get more information, follow you and get more tips? Yeah. So I'm um, trying to get better about being on social media. Um, my, I hang out mostly on Instagram. So if anyone wants to find me, Kimber Malden just is my handle. Um, you can also find me on my website. And, and yeah, I work, you know, I work one-on-one -on -one privately with clients. I also have a health course and, um, and I run hair tissue tests. So that's something that I absolutely love to do. It's the only one-off consult I offer women. In fact, I also work with their partners, their male partners sometimes. So it's the only thing that I do with men. And it's just basically like helping them understand their health through the lens of uh, minerals. So it's a lot more than just looking at a lab and giving them numbers and actually helping them understand how their systems work and empowering them to integrate this stuff into their lives. So when people get those, the results from that lab, do you give them nutritional advice based on that? Or what, what do you help them with when you get those results? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I go over, I spend time prior to the call going over the labs and then I create like a very thorough Google doc that breaks down every number, what it means. And then I make dietary and lifestyle suggestions. That's great. What a great, a great offering. Kimber, thanks so much. I've learned a lot today and, uh, just encourage people to go and follow you and, uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.